And here we go. The Sprithless Goose. <laughs> I don't apocalypse on Shabbos. <laughs> Trump Shabbos. <laughs> I say that doesn't sound like too good of a story for him then. <laughs> yes, it's an 80s film, but it's a quintessential 80s film. That motherfucker gets me excited about science. But yes, I, I do think that this movie requires a couple more views. I have the same cup size as Doc Hawk. <laughs> Give me my sandwich. <laughs> no crusts. Was it an instant classic for you? Uh, no. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, moviegoers of all ages, welcome to the Don't Be Crazy podcast. I'm Justin Cavender, and with me as always is Mr. Zach Rancourt. Here we discuss and dissect what makes a film, past or present, absolutely amazing, or just pure rubbish. All that we ask of each other, don't be crazy. Don't be crazy, Zach. I'm going to try not to be crazy, but... <laughs> you're, what, you're what you call it. A yahoo. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'll see. I'll see what happens, but yeah. How's it going, man? Fabulous. Thank you. Fabulous. No complaints. I am alive. <laughs> no regrets. No, no regrets. regrets. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> yes, I'm alive and it's speak English. Not even one? Not even one single? <laughs> uh, uh, you know what? I actually do have a regret. I didn't see Tom Petty before he passed away. And it uh, broke my heart, yeah. I couldn't find anybody to go with me when he came here to Seattle. And now I'm sad. Yeah. Oh. Um, don't you just hate that when you're kind of like, well, I need to see this band because it might be their last go? <laughs> yeah, like, uh, like Rolling Stones. Dude, I don't want to see them. I feel like they're going to be literally coming out on wheelchairs and stuff and make you feel all sad. It's terrible. He's got the moves like Jagger. Oh, there you go. And a wheelchair. <laughs> that ain't right. Uh, how much chapstick do you think he uses on a daily basis? Lots. Like he's got like a barrel. Like one of those, one of those, uh, like... <laughs> What are they called? The dogs in the snow? The, uh, like a mastiff oh, or a St. Bernard's? Yeah, it's got yeah. that barrel. Fucking <laughs> schnapps. He just, he just got that full of chapstick uh, and just lets it loose. That's a lot of chappy chap. Yeah. You got the big ones. Well, good, man. What movie are we doing today? Alright, so... This week... <laughs> we are gonna do a fun one by Mr. M. Night Shyamalan there. Oh, Shyamalan Ding Dong. We're doing glass? Yeah. Ah, yeah. Dude, so I saw that over the weekend I fell asleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I felt terrible. I was like, oh my god. That's kind of a microcosm for the whole movie. So, Dude. Yeah, it's so I never do that. Well, I shouldn't say never, but I don't. I rarely do this. I went ahead to that. You heard of YouTube, right? It's on the internet web. Yes. Um, so I went to it. With all I, the cat videos yeah, and Yeah, yeah. And I went to it and I watched a spoiler review on it and... I am not impressed, and <laughs> I am glad I dodged that bullet. Um, I'll see it when it comes out on, like, streaming somewhere, but... Did you see Unbreakable? Yeah, and I liked Unbreakable. It wasn't my favorite. I liked Unbreakable. Um, I liked Split. Uh, I thought McAvoy was awesome in that. Um, and I was like, okay, he can do this. He can do this. I'm not Shemmel, and he can, like, make it awesome. But from what I've heard of Glass, I and mean, I don't want to spoil it or anything, but from what I've heard and just heard from other people... Uh, just save your money. Right. I mean... Yeah. I wish I wish I saved my money, because I went to a late show, so it was even more money. Oh, <laughs> and I just passed out. I, I Apparently, I only missed about 10 minutes or so. Yeah. But a bulk of the movie, you know, I would say about 90% of the movie takes place in that mental hospital. Really? Yeah. Uh, which, in the trailer... It looks like they which, go outside a lot. Yeah. Too, right? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> just spread their wings a little bit. Yeah. So I was under the impression the trailer led me to believe that perhaps they were already in the hospital and then they get out and then wacky mayhem ensues. That's what I was hoping too. Which is very much far from the case. <laughs> so while they're in this this room, this pink room, talking and talking and still talking, <laughs> I, I blinked. And that turned into a 10-minute blink. <laughs> True story. But, um... You gotta stop drinking while you're watching these films. Yeah. You gotta respect the Shyamalan. I know, Shyamalan I know. Ding-dong. I try. I try. And we're actually gonna get into Mr. Shyamalan and just where he ranks with, you know, just directors and... And is he his own worst enemy? And is it just... I feel like at, at some point, especially... Because tonight we're gonna do The Village. Mm-hmm. And this is a movie, this was his fourth outing as a director you know it was um six cents then unbreakable then signs then the village i'd say that's a pretty good right pretty so good start. his resume is 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 red hot right and then he's the next spielberg according to entertainment weekly and when i that came out right yeah so i feel like and when the village came out it suddenly just became cool to just make fun of him and not like his movies and i think you'll see that when we go over some of these reviews that are on Rotten Tomatoes, I feel like some people are just downright mean. And there's no need to be. Yeah. Um, he has feelings. Right. <laughs> he, he has a, a family. He's a, del- a delicate flower. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It just seemed weird. Like, as I was reading it, it just turned into this, this basically the way the internet works where it just becomes just this hate-fueled speech where it's... it's it's cool to make fun of somebody. I don't know. It's weird. And and I definitely picked up that vibe when I was reading the reviews for The Village. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, up until last night, I had never seen it. It was like the movie that I just, for whatever reason, never got around to seeing. I'd seen all the rest of his movies, but that one just sort of eluded me. So it's kind of fun to to have a fresh perspective on the movie, especially nearly 15 years after it had been released. Yeah, absolutely. And it, for me, I mean, that was that was the first time last night that I've seen it, uh, gosh. Since it came out. <laughs> Seriously. I saw it in theaters, and yeah, I mean, back in Ot 4, and jeez, uh, <laughs> man, I was, in, I was in high school, and I was uh, a junior. Oh, and, man. Yeah. I, I, was drove, already, I was already out of college. Oh. I drove to the movie theater. I was with my friend James Williams. I remember him. Very, <laughs> he was actually in the village. <laughs> he was Mr. Williams. Yeah. Uh, no, but I'm glad we're doing this. Um, I want to give a shout out to my friend Kelsey, who actually uh, we were hanging out the other day, and she was like, "Oh, you should do an M Night Shyamalan Ding Dong movie." And I thought about that, and yeah, yeah, you know, I was thinking we could do the happening. <laughs> Fuck that movie. I, okay, so that's a movie that I never want to watch ever again. <laughs> that movie sucked, man. So bad. What are we doing? What's happening? What, what are we doing? I need to work out. I'm Mark Wahlberg. This is not good. It's so bad. Patriots Day or whatever that movie. Oh, no, it's there. Patriots. And it's the Boston, the Boston Marathon. Bombs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was also in the, the one with um, the the BP oil. Yeah. Yeah. With, with Kurt Russell. Oh, dude, that actually that movie was actually pretty good. Sad. Was Kurt in that? Yeah, I think he was the. He was like the, the oil? foreman guy. <laughs> yeah. He was the, he was the just spewing all over the place. It was amazing. Oh gosh. Well, um, yeah, I mean, this cast rocks, man. 
Dude, it does. I had as I was as the as the movie started playing, and I just see these names pop up. I'm like, holy oh. smokes! I had no idea they were in this movie. Oh yeah, I mean, top to bottom, this probably is his most star-studded cast. Right, because again, he's red hot. Yeah, this it, is this is you are somebody <laughs> if you're in a Shyamalan that, film. That M Night is so hot. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> um. So we got Bryce Dallas Howard as Ivy Walker. Bryce Dallas Chastain. Bryce, Bryce Austin, Houston, Texas, Dallas Howard. Uh, you got Joe Quinn Phoenix as, as Lucius Malfoy. Um, you got Adrian Brody as Noah. Uh, William Hurt as Edward. Sigourney Weaver as Ripley. Um, <laughs> Brendan Gleeson as Mad-Eye Moody. Yeah. And yeah, man, like so many good actors. Uh Cherry Jones as Mrs. Clack. Uh, I'm just going down the list here. Skip those. Cause, yeah. uh, Judy Greer is in it. <laughs> yeah. Kitty Walker. I recently just saw the newest Halloween also. And oh, yeah, she's she excellent in that. Right, right, right. And uh, also, just fun fact, um, this is a movie where both Judy Greer and, and uh, Bryce Dallas Howard um, play siblings, just like yeah. in Jurassic World. They're yeah. siblings in that too. Yeah, I forgot about that. Basically, it's the sequel to the village. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Ivy gets out of the out of the village and you know makes a name for herself, becomes a successful businesswoman. Um, the the big surprise for me was it was funny. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg is in it. Yes. Um, and that was so weird. He He's was Jameson. It, that's his name, right? Yeah, yeah Jameson. Uh, and then who's the actor that I was just telling you about? Uh, he was in Cabin in the Woods. Um, he played the stoner. He's hilarious, but. Yeah, he's in it too. I mean, there's there was a lot of uh, good talent in this film, and so right off the bat, like if you just look at that, I'm surprised that this movie critically did not do that well. Um, well, it, do you think part of it was oh great, it's another M Night Shyamalan movie? There's going to be some sort of twist. Fast forward to the end. What's the twist? So yes, but I mean, is it weird for a director I, to always have some weird? Like hook slash twist at the end of their movie. Um. So I wanna I wanna get into that. Let's let's finish this really quick and then because I I you pose a really good question and I think I have a solid enough answer for mm-hmm. that. So um so great cast box office numbers um, make it the money. <laughs> so it was a sixty million dollar budget. Um, they grossed, really gross yeah. I mean, dude, it, it was... Lock like, cabins are expensive. They didn't have, like, CGI or anything like that. It wasn't too fast, too furious. I know, but, I mean, what... It wasn't menage! What was, what was all that money for? Uh, was the star power? Adrian Brody's wig? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Um, he goes, uh, he's, he's special in this movie. I know. Um, so it grossed about $114.2 million U.S., which is already double, essentially, what it... It just budget was, right. and then two fifty six and some change for worldwide. So I mean, it did really well. Um, but critically, a lot of critics didn't like it. I mean, it was a uh, forty four on Metacritic, uh, six point five out of ten on IMDb, and a forty four percent on the Rotten Tomatoes. There, um, and it, it just it didn't do that well. Um, so to answer, go back to your question. So. Shyamalan has always had this thing where he has to have that Pepsi twist, right? Mm-hmm. We see it in The Sixth Sense, and it was... it was Which was good. It, oh my, fantastic. Blew but, everyone away, right? Right, okay. Subvert your expectations. Then you go to Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and, <laughs> and that one was good. I, I think the twist was a little more subtle in that one. 
Um, it, it was kind of weird finding that out about Sam Jackson. Like, he did everything. Right, that he is the terrorist. Yeah, still not as good as Sixth Sense, though. Um, and then, uh, I'm sorry, what was the one after that? Signs. Uh, Signs. Signs was awesome. Not a big twist in that one. I think that was more of a... I don't know how to necessarily put it. It was it was thrilling, but it wasn't it wasn't like a big twist like we had. So it's it, it seems like it was dying down kind of, um, but the village he tried to put two twists in there, and it's, it's like a it's like this movie's as crooked as a barrel of snakes, <laughs> a barrel of chapstick, <laughs> other dog. <laughs> For Mick Jagger. Um, so, it's like, like a little pretzel. <laughs> uh, I mean, he, he's quoted as talking about, you know... Who's he? Uh, Shyamalan? Yeah, M. Night... What's his first name? M. Mauricio? <laughs> Mauricio Night Shyamalan. Mo Rocca. Um, I, that's racist. Um, but so I think it's something that... Uh, and he's, he's quoted on saying something along the lines of... Um, when you have these expectations that every every time you make a film someone's like oh he's gonna have a twist he's gonna have a twist you can't always deliver on that and like it's hard to break that that mold what's wrong with just having a linear movie from and, start to finish and I think he wanted to try to do that with movies like like Devil or um, which I actually really enjoyed but he didn't and, he didn't direct it I did he th- no I don't think so He, but I thought he played a big part in it he might have just put his name on it but um, <laughs> it got the old M. Night Shyamalan stamp of approval <laughs> It's like, gee, thanks, 43 Rotten Tomatoes, whatever you are. What's, oh, what's his okay. nickname now? 43. Flop. What? That's no. his nickname? No, I'm just making that shit oh. up. I can't back that up. Um, yeah, you know, I just, when you have, I think that was his unofficial director trademark, but he never wanted to fully embrace it, in my opinion. Um, I, I think the twist is nice, but it wears off its novelty. You can only say gotcha or surprise so many times. I think he has a very, I think he's very talented. Um, I think he works very well with the people around him and he has a great idea. I think sometimes though, it's like when someone proves a really good point and then they continue to talk, you're like, just stop while you're ahead. He does that often. And I think that's unfortunately what he was doing. I think that's what we get with like the happening. I, I appreciate the idea of what he was trying to do, but man, the movie sucked. And, um, you know, I don't want to talk about The Last Airbender either. Just, oh, man, that movie was hot garbage. You know, the thing is, I, I totally forgot that he even did yeah, that movie. Yeah. Um, I saw it in the theater. Yeah. And in, like, the first five minutes, the acting was so bad that I didn't even want to be a part of the movie Ugh. anymore. Um, I, I totally forgot about they, that movie. Dude, so their source material is literally <laughs> a, a, car, a cartoon. And so the main character, the airbender, is Aang, right? In the movie, in, in the last Airbender live-action movie, they kept saying Ong. Oh, and that bothers you? Like, Ongbok. And how do, you, how, do you mess, how, do you, how do you mess that up? You have the source I material. I, I said, what, Ryu for 30 That's years? True. I said Ryu, too. We got the blanket over there with the can. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I just, I think he gets, I think Shaman gets a bad rap, um... He has put out some garbage, but I, 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 I think that the village is, is not on his garbage list. I mean, there, I said it. But, um, did you know, with this, though... <laughs> did you know? Weird the trans- more you know! <laughs> weird transition, but uh, this is a little fun fact I read. Sigourney Weaver, she had nightmares for a couple weeks after reading the script. Really? Yeah. 
That's fascinating. I mean, she's killed aliens. <laughs> yeah. She was like the devil, kind of, in Cabin in the Woods. You know, um, I think I had a nightmare last night, actually. Really? After watching it. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it wasn't necessarily, you know, I was on the set of the village with crazy little red riding and pig people running around chasing me, but, but I definitely had uh, a scary dream. Really? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I mean, it's my fault I watched it just before I went to bed. Oh. Yeah. It's all the junk food you ate. Yeah, my rice. <laughs> you have rice? Junky rice. You were eating rice before this? I eat rice and veggie patties like every day. That's my jam. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, Ebert, Roger Ebert hated this movie. It was on his most hated list, apparently. Oh, that's too bad. Um, yeah. why, why did he hate it? What did he have to say? I don't know. I didn't, I didn't want to read his review because I didn't want to taint my, my thoughts. I'm, I'm serious. What's the taint? I don't know. Sounds bad. <laughs> Always throw in a dodgeball quote when I can. Uh, yeah, that's too bad, man. There's some there's some pretty mean scathing, I think is a good word. Yeah. Scathing reviews for this. And this is where I think it all goes back to just it's cool to knock Shyamalan. Yeah. Like I don't I don't even know if these people even watch the movie. They could have just I guess this says another mediocre lunacy from the overrated M Night Shyamalan. Wow. Jeez, man. Easy Rex Reed. Because <laughs> Rex Reed has directed so many blockbusters. I know, I just don't get it. Driving Rex. Miss Daisy 2. Uh, yeah. Still driving. Still. Uh, so meaningless and distance in its details that it hardly stands a chance of wooing even the most willing fellow traveler. Wow. Jeez. Yikes. Um, let's see. Shyamalan's film, Never Send Up That Chill. Uh, I'm sorry, never send that chill up the bone on a second viewing. Worse with signs and the village. Even the first viewing is becoming a bit of a yawn. What? Yeah. I like signs. I do. It's behind. <laughs> Cue the loud music. Scare the shit out of Oh, buckets, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I, you know what one of my favorite parts about the movie Signs is just the idea of everyone just like losing their shit over these aliens on the planet and like right. what do we do what we don't there's been no communication you know everyone's just glued to their tv like the oj trial <laughs> right but up in the sky yeah and uh you know there's just this fear factor and at the same time you know mel gibson before he went batshit crazy or at least before we knew he was batshit crazy mm-hmm. um is just trying to find a sense of normalcy with his family right you know they go out to get pizza and you know like there's pizza trying to do normal things and and they can't even cope with it this, this whole town has just gone crazy yeah. and I obviously have no idea what the world would be like in that situation but I feel like it's pretty close yeah yeah no <laughs> just I, an uneasiness I agree I dug that you got any more of their reviews or you want to get into it um no this is all it's all mean all mean spirited reviews and it makes me sad um the internet's a dark place my friend a dark place. Oh, here we go. Here's a fun one. Ooh. From Todd Vanderwerf. <laughs> Sounds made up, but whatever. Uh, it all comes to a head in perhaps the greatest sequence Shyamalan has ever filmed. Oh. What? It succeeds more often than it fails, and it proves once and for all that M. Night Shyamalan is nobody's one-trick pony. Um... Here we go. This is a good one. This is this is a good one to leave off on. The Village is truly a special film, one that is largely misunderstood by the masses. Yes. Yes. That. 
<laughs> Sign, seal, delivered. I'm yours. Yes, that's uh, from Jade Badowski. Ah, my favorite internet user. <laughs> At Jade82 over the mountains. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so great. Um, <laughs> I'm a doubt in my mind. Uh, what were your initial thoughts on this, man? What were, so I'm, I'm excited because this feels like the kind of well no I'm not I'm not gonna say it's like the big trouble in little China so because I'm glad you haven't seen this um, because I saw it a long time ago and I really liked it when it first came out um, what were your thoughts about this after seeing it for the first time well when it was over I was like wow I really enjoyed that movie yeah I was glad that I saw it um, I felt bad that I missed it for as long as I had um, but at the same time it was it was kind of good it was refreshing I didn't have all this hate speak and word of mouth just kind of echoing in my head as I was watching it. Um, I thought it was pretty charming, especially at first. And then, then it just gets really dark. <laughs> People start yeah. dying and animals are all skinned. And it's, it's first it's just sort of a, it comes all across as sort of a charming Downton Abbey period piece kind of movie. And then it just, just goes from six to midnight like really fast. I and, just went from six to midnight. <laughs> and uh, when it was over, I was like, "Holy smokes, that was pretty cool." Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I agree, hundred uh, percent. Um, I wanted to go into this trying to nitpick and find ways to be like, "Yep, this is a bad movie," but <laughs> I I really liked it, and and I'm not saying it's one of his best. But it is one of his best. <laughs> so rank rank the Shyamalan movies right now just to have a framework. Okay, uh, Six Sense, um, uh, Signs. Uh, I'd say The Village, Unbreakable, um, Split. Then um, you haven't seen Glass, and yeah. The Happening is The Happening is far weird. far. Down. See, but I mean like. It's everything else, and then the last air, airbender. Oh, airbender! I forgot both, about both that. of those are like all the way at the bottom. For yeah, me. so that's that's a real. Um, and the evil, what is it? Uh, or the visit is is supposed to be like okay, but kind of cheesy. I don't even know what the hell it's, that it's, is. It's, it's with grandparents who these kids they visit their cocoons? grandparents. <laughs> yeah, it's like a cocoon. <laughs> Steve Gutenberg. Um, yeah, I, you know, I I think the thing. Um, that gave this film such a bad rap is uh, it is it is misleading. So like you were saying, it starts out very uh, kind of like wholesome and period PC downtown downtown Abbey downtown Abbey. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like dost thou have a bowl of porridge yeah. for me to eat? It's like <laughs> come hither, Fenton. Tis but farce. Um, so. I think that people weren't expecting it to be a period piece because if you look at the trailer, like I asked you to watch the trailer before this, it looks for all intents and purposes like a horror film. Like A24 could have produced this and it could have been scary as shit or mm-hmm. it could have been like The Witch, right? So that's something that I... You, did you see The Witch? Oh, God, yeah. So it, With the close-up on the goat eyes. <laughs> dude, yeah. That movie is like visually stunning, but oh, God. It, like, yeah, it's creepy. Yeah. So, and, and that's what I, I think that people Want wanted it? it to be. Right. Because he, he's a master of suspense, right? He was very Hitchcock in that sense. Um, but what they got was a period piece about romance between two people, and there's a couple twists in it. it it's not necessarily a bad thing, though, because I, I think that it's fantastic performances. Right. I was really bought in. Like, I thought I thought Joaquin the, Phoenix played just the sweetest young man. Yeah. And, 
And Bryce Dallas Howard was, um, you know, she was a go-getter. She was yeah. basically sort of a leader mm-hmm. um, of the of the younger generation. Mm-hmm. And, and millennials. you know, she wasn't really afraid of anything. No. She she she's blind, mm-hmm. big deal. But it doesn't bother her in the in the least bit. Yeah. And you know, there's this whole thing where her sister is in love with um, Lucius. Lucius and. <laughs> when she's like screaming, I love you, I love you, I love you, blah, blah, blah. And then it just comes to her crying. It jumps. That is so yeah. funny. And then, you know, the whole thing is that, you know, uh, Ivy, uh, Bryce Dallas, Chastain, Howard is, God, she's <laughs> you know, uh, they're, they're in they, love. They, yeah. and, and I thought that that was just fantastic. And it was so funny because as I'm watching this, if I was in my early 20s, I don't think I would have appreciated that in the least bit. Right, yeah. I would have just been, I'm like, oh, I'm a film school junkie, yeah. and I know shit, and <laughs> this isn't good. But I was literally invested. The guard is not what it needs to be. <laughs> I was 100% invested in that yeah. relationship, and yeah. I thought that was nuts. I'm just sitting there as I'm, I'm like, eating my, my rice and my veggie patties, and I'm like, I can't believe I'm gobbling this shit up. Like, I'm such a sap Wait, right now. The rice and veggie patties or the movie? Both. <laughs> It was a, it was a quite a combo. Oh gosh, no, and, and and like I mean, Joaquin Phoenix is is arguably one of the best actors of our generation. He's man, that guy is fantastic. He is just such a chameleon. Commodus. <laughs> I love that movie. That so that was I think that was his one of his first. No, well, Snake Eyes. He was in Snake Eyes too, but that was Wait. with Nick Cage. Oh, I forgot. Or not Snake Eyes. I'm sorry. Uh, Eight Millimeter. The snuff oh, film as an adult, because he was in Parenthood as a young yes. boy. Yes, yeah, but but like yeah, and then he was uh, Commodus in uh, Gladiator. Gladiator. Um, but he, man, that guy is just so good in so many different things. And like you're right, his his performance is um, a little underplayed in this because he doesn't have that many speaking lines. And you, I think there's like three twists in this. So there's, there's even not, there's not even a lot of talking in this movie to begin. No, with. it's a it's more of a visual. Movie. Yeah, well, and I'll get that to, to that in a second. But Shyamalan, um, he <laughs> which sounds stupid, more of a visual movie. Obviously, <laughs> you're watching it, but it's more yeah. the cameras telling the story and the colors. Yes, and just the scenery is t- is is the are the characters. Yes, and that's what's driving the story, not so much the dialogue. Um, so he he's purposely like set aside for his, his dialogue and all that stuff. And the whole time you're like, okay, he, he's the main character. Lucia's the main character. But nope. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Stabby McStabby pants. <laughs> fucking stabby. Noah Noah stabs him in the stomach. And uh, and you're like, holy crap. So there's twist number one by Shyamalama Ding Dong. Right. It's um, sort of a red herring. Like you thought he was the main character. Yeah. And I, and I love movies like that. Like, yeah. You know, Psycho is one. Mm-hmm. You know, you're following he, he the main girl. So he definitely pulled some... Um, some uh, pages out of Hitchcock. Yeah, book. well, from Psycho, yeah. basically, like that, that was an inspiration right. for him. Um, even uh, like a Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, Tina in the very first movie, yeah. she comes off as the heroine, like, oh, yeah. here's the here's the damsel in distress. She's got to become a badass and and beat this evil force. Mm-hmm. But nope, yeah. <laughs> doesn't quite work out that way. Yeah, um, just kind of kind of shake things up a bit, makes you feel uneasy, which I did. I was like, oh my god. Yeah. He's, he's hurt. That scene He's got was, holes. <laughs> so, that scene was so cool. Like, it's it's silence, you know. Um, Noah comes in, he's crying. Adrian Broda comes in, he's crying. And Joaquin Phoenix had just confessed his love for... Um, Ivy. For Ivy. And they are to wed. Um, and, and, no- and, and again, the, at the beginning of the movie, and up until this point, you see that um, 
Adrian Brody's character. What's his name? Noah. Noah and Ivy have a very special relationship. Yes, a very you know, he is Noah is a, a special young man. He's mentally disabled. There's something about him and he's quirky mm-hmm. and Ivy has a way of connecting with him. They have a very, very special bond. Mm-hmm. And and in that, Noah has uh, fallen in love with Ivy. Yeah. And um, and just that, that silence that it is, and you have the shot, reverse shot of... It's a, it's a good close-up of Joaquin, and he turns around, and then it's just Adrian Brody, and he's got tears in his eyes, and then it jumps back to Joaquin, and he just looks down, and the knife is already in his gut. No sound, no anything... Awesome shot, so freaking cool. Um, and no one knows that he's that he's wrong in doing this. Yeah, but this is the whole jealousy. I'm in love. Yeah, this is my. Bar- I've already peed on her. She's my property. Wow. Uh, <laughs> that's 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 Noah talking. That's not Justin talking. And then he, you know, he goes to leave, but then he's like, you know what? He's not dead. I have to finish this. And he keeps stabbing him. Yeah, that's hardcore. Oh man, <laughs> very personal. Can't go around yeah. stabbing people, though. No. <laughs> you gotta finish what you started, right? Yeah. Um, Not me, I'm a quitter. So, <laughs> one one big reason I loved this movie, too. Fuck, I didn't lie, I just said I love this movie. I didn't love it. Listen to you. You what? got a poster? No. You have a cardboard cutout of Bryce Dallas, <laughs> Chastain Howard in your room? I hug her every day. I have a Joaquin Phoenix that I stab every day, too. <laughs> um, no. Clay Pigeons, he was in that, too. That was around that time. Like in the early, late 90s, early 2000s. I think I'll, I'll take the love part back. Um, I, I, visually and stylistically, I, I love this movie because Roger Deakins was the DP. Oh, yeah, and, he's your buddy. Oh, my gosh. Roger Deakins, like every Coen Brothers film ever. Uh, your favorite movie, Intolerable Cruel, uh, Cruelty, starring uh, Zeta Jones and <laughs> George Clooney. Fascinating. Um, yeah, you're exposed. And House of Sand and Fog. I mean, duh, you clearly love that. No, uh, I mean, but if you guys don't know Roger Deakins, I think he just won for Blade Runner 2049 a couple of years ago, and that was one of his, that was his first win, Oscar win, I think. After all um, this time? Right. Uh, Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. Oh, okay, so that movie, I hated that movie. So, that movie, though, visually, is beautiful. I was too busy gouging my eyes out, because I hated the movie. Oh, so. God, it's, but that's where I think you can, you can really win, is if you have a DP like him... And, and Shyamalan, I mean, give him credit for what he did. I mean, he did so many great little, like, subtle things to add to the story. So, a lot of good tracking shots, um, different jump cuts, like you were talking about, where she's like, I love you, I love you, and then all of a sudden, he just doesn't say anything, and it just jumps to her bawling. <laughs> that it was, was fantastic. It was funny, and it was, like, but it was subtle, and it was it was so cool. Like, I, I, I appreciated that he, he did that. Because Joaquin doesn't have any lines, and so it's just very fitting for his character where he doesn't say anything and just jumps to her crying. I know, it makes you wonder what he said. Or if he didn't even say anything at all, she just took a hint. No. <laughs> He's like, I don't have your fucking ball, right? Good luck next season. When I grow up, I'm going to own a sports bar. Yeah. Um... Well, begging a real fast, uh, you know, you mentioned Roger Deakins and how much you love him. Sicario was also one of his. I know. And that's just I held, happens to be one I of held, my favorite I held movies. that one out because I didn't want you to go <laughs> goo goo gaga. Same with uh, Revolutionary Road. Um, that was one where it was all about the Oscars, and that was. I don't even know why. I, I hated that movie. I didn't but, like it either. But Dude, it was like super depressing. They like hated each other. Yeah. But like, they should have a party. <laughs> he, he, had, he has a very distinct style. And so. Yeah. Um, a lot of fantastic color usage. Um, the lighting was so cool. Like, 
it, it seems like they use natural light for a lot of different things. Um, which, I mean, natural in the sense of like the torches and stuff. Uh, and it really gave you that like ominous solitude of the, of the village itself. It's clearly not a big village, um, and so yeah, it's only like sixty residents. Yeah, and so pilgrims, sixty pilgrims. <laughs> I ain't seen no boat. <laughs> you need a boat to be a pilgrim. <laughs> that was the rule. They're eating Thanksgiving dinner like every day. Um, yeah, a lot of feasts. But uh, who does the dishes anyway? They should, they, they use paper plates. <laughs> <laughs> burn a lot of trees. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, uh, so one really cool eerie shot that I like in, in various horror films is when you do a slow zoom and that deliberate zoom um, after uh, I wrote it down. Um, it was I wrote when down the paper. okay the after they showed the fox, uh, they had these people in the fields and they're all just like staring like at this thing. The camera pans down and it shows the fox skinned. And you're like, whoa, what the hell is going on? And then it starts out in the hall. Sigourney Weaver is talking to the to everyone else. She's one of the elders, talking to everyone else. And it slowly zooms in to her as she finishes her monologue. Um, but there's this subtle, eerie music in the background. And it's it's really, really neat because it sets up for the film. And it gets you in that, that mode. Like, what is going on? What the hell is going on? Something dark is, is happening here. <laughs> Something dark is happening here. And um, it, and I think it served very well for, for the movie. And, I mean, that kind of stuff occurs throughout the film, and that's why I appreciated it more, um, because the sound was great. I think the, uh, the sound editor won an Oscar, actually. This was the only Oscar win for this film. Um, hopefully. <laughs> These branches and leaves sound very authentic. <laughs> <laughs> You know the score, the music that's playing after James Newton Howard. Sorry, sure. Yeah. When um, so after Lucius has been stabbed and um, Ivy's with her dad, and um, there's this uh, beautiful song that's playing. Um, it's really it's like ominous and haunting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good stuff. Yeah. No, I, I think the score did awesome for this. Um, you know. I just was like, why can't Ripley go out there and just kill the creatures? Because <laughs> yeah. she's done it before. We should talk about the creatures for a second because, yeah. um, you know, they have a, sort of a watchtower and they have mm-hmm. a guard that's supposed to, supposed to be guards. <laughs> we're guards. Yeah, we're uh, guards. Go one job, ring the bell. You see a red hooded son of a bitch, you ring the bell. Uh, town friar. And um, when we finally get a peek at, at these monsters, we'll call them monsters. Um, they, Voldemort, right? <laughs> what, are, what are they called? They, they, those we must not those speak we, of? Yeah, we must not speak of. Um, we finally get a, a couple of glimpses of them. You know, they stand upright, uh, like a, a humanoid, we could say. And, uh, you know, they're just walking around the village, not hurting anybody. But uh, the townspeople are very scared. And they run to their doors. and They lock, they lock their doors, they close their drapes, and they try and just, you know, hide under the the floor mats and um it's pretty scary stuff and there's this even one part where ivy is reaching out because she has such a connection with um lucius that um she knows that he's gonna come he's mm-hmm. always there for her mm-hmm. and i thought that was beautiful yeah and, yeah <laughs> and sure enough as the creature is approaching he's right there to grab her arm yeah. i thought that was wonderful yeah no i thought that was really well done <laughs> and i mean I, I i think that suspense was built up in that scene and I wanted him to continue that throughout the movie 
and unfortunately he did miss the mark on a few things and so that's why I, I could see why people would see it bad but overall like yeah it's stuff like that and their connection and their on-screen chemistry was was excellent right and so that's the important part is is that their their acting and their chemistry really drives the story home because i i really feel like this is one of those movies where if the casting was not you know ideal or perfect it would have just looked like some sort of student film that was terrible (laughs) i honestly believe that yeah you know because there's nothing there's not a whole lot uh visually when you at least first impressions on you know the costume design and the set you know it is a very simple place there's not a whole lot going on it's up to the um the actors to really drive that home yeah um Let's continue talking about the monsters. Yes, um, sort of at a dark crystal, if you ask So, me. yeah. Really, I mean, the costume design in the movie was awesome in general, but I think that it was it was really effective with the, the monsters, too. I mean, they were they were terrifying. Um, it was a mix of whatever the hell came out of hell, and right. you don't know what it is. Right? <laughs> Man-bear pig. Man-bear pig. <laughs> um, serious. And, um, but, you know, we get to Pepsi Twist number two, when uh, Mr. Walker, Ivy's father, who's one of the elders, shows her the shed that you go into. Right. Oh, so that's another thing. There's a lot of secrets. Yeah. Okay, so, you know, Joaquin Phoenix even brings that up. He's like, you know, this, this town is, or this village is full of secrets. Um, yeah, everyone secret, seems secret. like they're... Secret, got a secret. Right? <laughs> everyone is keeping something. Yeah. You know, whether it be their feelings about another person, mm-hmm. um, maybe it is their personal belongings that are locked away in a chest somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, no one really knows what the story is with these other creatures. Why can't he go venture out into the forest to go to the towns to get the medicine, which yeah. is something that he's wanted to do since the beginning of the movie. Yeah. You know, Joaquin Phoenix's character is literally trying to be you know that hero saying look man i realize that we need to stay here but we need help yeah absolutely um which i thought was great and so he just keeps getting denied and it's like eventually you're gonna start asking questions like what the hell's going on why are you guys like this Mm -hmm. and he is perceptive enough to see that he's not given the whole story yeah um and i'm sorry and then also you know we're talking about the monsters but um, color is a is a big oh, thing about this movie, absolutely. right? Absolutely, it's a central theme of this movie. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, to the point where even um, Ivy's character, who is blind, there are some people, her father and Lucius, that have a color, and she can she knows when they're there, mm-hmm. um, and she doesn't ever tell them what their color is, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah, uh, totally up for interpretation. It's it could hot, be it's hot pink. Yeah. Hot pink. <laughs> um, Part of me feels like it's it could be red because they're not allowed to talk about it, and she would hate for him to feel bad for being red. You know, it's a color that's frowned upon. It's the color that that brings out the bad guys. Um, you know, they even paint red on the doors when they're given the warnings, which I thought was great. When they when they see something red, they bury it. Um, fascinating stuff. Yeah. No, I I, I think and he. He used red in uh, The Sixth Sense also quite a bit, and that played a pretty good part with different things. Um, but yeah, I I agree with you. Um, I think that it was it was very powerful and strong. Um, 
secrets. I didn't even think about that, though, too. All the different secrets that, that were in there. Right. Well, that's just it, right? The whole mm-hmm. movie is one giant secret. <laughs> well, and I think I think he did a really good job of show, don't tell. Um, and not putting too much too much exposition in the film at first. Because then you got towards the part where... So, spoiler alert, Mr. Walker reveals that uh, the monsters are it's a farce right. and they have those costumes hanging up in their in the shed that you can never go into um he then explains it well we get the scene where ivy is then going into town to get medicine um and then it jump or it cuts to mr walker explaining you know uh we did this to keep everyone safe there are rumors of of these creatures in the woods but uh we we haven't seen them ever so we want to like basically scare everybody into staying here and uh, fear mongering, kind of like a cult almost. Right. Um, for their safety, under for under the safety. guise of safety, right, <laughs> and, and protecting their way of life, right. <laughs> and so, so that's where I start to see the film fail because it's actually still pretty far from the ending when this reveal happens. Yes, there's still like 35, 40 minutes. Left. Yes, <laughs> and that's where I think. Mr. Shyamalan could have done better because Ivy goes out to the woods. Ivy survives, almost falls into the death pit, uh, is on her own because her two Fenton and Minton or whatever. <laughs> Jekyll they, and Jekyll, yeah. Jekyll and Jekyll. They decide to run back because they're, they're scared. Um, and she gets attacked by a creature. But we thought creatures were fake. We had a small little hint that they could be real, but then he just... The creature appears, and surprise, surprise, it's Noah, and Noah dies in the pit. Um, I think that the reveal could have been Noah falling in the pit, and then they show him in there, and we're like, holy shit, okay, wait, that's what they... Then they jump to the shed scene, and they're like, he's explaining it. Because that would have had us hanging on more if we would have still believed in the creatures, because then we'd be like, oh my god, like the stakes are so much higher, right? Right. Um, but we, we didn't know it was Noah, um, and and then it could be just her imagination. It could have been her imagination. There's, There's so anybody different. anybody that's ever spent five minutes in the woods knows yes. that it's just alive, and yes. there are noises and creepy crawlies yeah. and just weird, unexplained things that that happen. If you were to yeah. just record ambient sounds, you would hear some really freaky, dicky shit in the woods. <laughs> Blair Witch is out there. <laughs> so I could totally see, you know, fear playing mind games with you. Yeah, and, and I think that's what he could have exploited because mm-hmm. I think he was doing so well until that until that reveal that he just did it too early. Yeah. Like I, I like the twist, but he just did it too early. And I think that's my one of my bigger gripes of the movie. It's probably my biggest gripe of the movie. So yeah, that's the first twist would be that the elders are the monsters. I would even say the first twist was Lucius is not the main character. Okay, there you because, go. That's fair. Because you're right. He talks about, like, hey, like, if they... I believe that if I'm pure, they, they'll let me pass, just like Noah and stuff. Um, and so you're like, okay, he's gearing up to do some awesome, you know, comedous stuff. Yeah. He's going to stick his thumb up and down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Are you not going to die? And so, and, and so the whole time you're like, okay, well, he's, he's going to do something really cool. Um, and then he gets stabbed. You're like, holy shit. And then it's Bryce Dallas Howard's movie because it was hers to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they have that. I mean, like it just 
it seems so cheap because I feel that it could have been so much more impactful if one we don't know who that creature is and we're just terrified from this scene and two we can find out the elders twist and we kind of are like wait why do they want to keep him safe because then it gets us still guessing like wait they lied about it why are they but why would they do that right because then because at that point you have enough time in the movie to really kind of question their actions and you're like well if they're lying though i mean what are they keeping them safe from the monsters because why not just have the monsters be there or something right so i don't i don't know and so i forgot that the movie opens with uh grief you know uh mad-eye moody is yeah and gleason he is who you know, do you, uh fun fact you know he is the father of Domhill gleason of general hux and uh the revenant and fantastic actor nice. he is the father of the father actor. the father <laughs> <laughs> love those home alone two quotes <laughs> the king size bed horrible tv credit card <laughs> You got it. I tried doing that as a kid. I had a I had a talk boy, and I tried recording some stuff, and I like called my mom to see if I could stay over at my friend's house, and I pretend like I was my friend's dad or something, and I was like, "Hi, Mrs. Rancor. <laughs> <laughs> this is Jeff Williamson or something like that." The and I was like, "The fuck!" <laughs> it was so bad. She's like, "What the hell is going?" On? <laughs> yeah, it was. It was so stupid. so. Uh, you know, grief. Loss, um, you know, death. These are all very powerful themes, and it opens with that. You know, family, right. a sense right. of family. Um, so then, ultimately, you get this huge, ridiculous reveal that William Hurt's father, which during the the walk to the shed, he explains that, um, you know, Ivy's grandfather was a very wealthy man. Yeah. So we'll just assume he's like, you know, Hearst's money or Dupont money. You know, like. Hardcore wealthy. Yeah. If there's a king of America, it's it's, it's Ivy's like granddad. John Lee Rockefeller. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, then there's this this whole photograph that shows all the elders outside of a uh, like a community center. Wait, that, are we getting into twist number three? I think so. Yeah. You want to explain how she? So, but she finds a path, finds the ivy, and then you get what you're talking about. Right. So, so I guess I guess we forget why she goes into the woods. She's yeah. she's ultimately going into the woods because um, Lucius. Lucius is dying and he mm-hmm. needs uh, he, uh, he, he, the only cure is more cowbell. <laughs> he needs more cowbell. Yeah. He needs a what like, do you call it? Like an anti yeah, like a like anti-stab medicine. Because yeah. <laughs> it was obviously a dirty knife. You know, Noah was always licking his hands and touching his knife, so it's an it's a very infectious blade, and uh, that's <laughs> can't go around licking your hands. You're gonna get knives dirty, and so he needs antibiotics. Yeah. And because she is blind, she would have no way of really seeing yeah. you know the outside world. I never got that until this viewing. Yeah, that's yeah. why she gets... To, um, so, William Hurt's character, um, he's a very compassionate father. He's mm-hmm. very understanding of his children's needs. Um, he's very supportive, which I thought was fantastic. Because if he was sort of that dickish dad that just, like, you know, my rock music's too loud. We can't have you going around bumping your boombox <laughs> to the shit. <laughs> <laughs> then that could have been, you know, problematic. But instead, he's actually a very caring man. You know, he's very sympathetic, he is understanding, he's a loving father, which I thought was great, because otherwise it might have been a little bit off-putting and hard to watch if he was just going to be this yeah. this resentful, dickish dad. 
And um, um, so as she's on her journey, that's why she's going through the woods because she needs the medicine. And um, you know, when she does hit that road and then makes the road all the way to the fence, over the fence, uh, to the uh, park ranger. Yeah, in a jeep. In a jeep. I mean, that that was the twist to me. I was like, "What the hell?" Yeah. When I first saw it, I, did you? I mean, did you kind of have that twist too, or like, did you know? Or had this, no? Had this so been spoiled so the movie had already been spoiled for oh. me because uh, again, you mean that you couldn't withhold fifteen years of secrets? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was in the sweet cave. <laughs> um, but yeah, I already knew the twist going into oh, okay. it. Oh, okay. But that didn't stop me from enjoying it. It was, this is one of those things where it's not about the ending, it's the journey. Yeah. <laughs> in, in the true sense of, yeah. of how cliche that might sound, um, in this particular case, I honestly think that it had no impact mm-hmm. on me. Mm-hmm. I was more curious about the journey because I was so invested in these relationships that I didn't really care. I, I remember seeing it in theaters, um, and that scene, though, I was like, whoa, what the hell? Like, I, <laughs> I, I was not expecting that. Yeah. So I, I thought that was an effective twist. I, I mean, I, I really did. I remember being, you know, plum surprised when I yeah. saw that. You see this Jeep, and like, it's from the view of the windshield, like the mm-hmm. driver, right? Mm-hmm. So he sees this... POV, my, this, favorite, my this, favorite kind of porn. This POV. girl. <laughs> yeah. Her POV. <laughs> and uh, driving around, and he sees this girl just, like, wandering out in the in the, in the woods. It's like, can't, can't be around here, man. This yeah. is a no parking, no trespassing zone. Yeah. And uh, so then we get the reveal that it is this, you have... Uh, cut back to to William Hurt's character, and he and his wife, was it the wife that he was looking at the yeah. photo with? Yeah. Uh, it shows all the elders, and they're outside this community center, which, um, and they start, it's sort of this voiceover that's happening where each of the, the people in the photo are retelling a story of a tragic, a tragedy in their lives, whether it be uh, someone being killed, um, you know, it's just a dangerous world. Um, and they're all just dealing with grief, and it's like a support group, mm-hmm. basically, for everyone that's dealt with, with loss. And that is when you hear John Hurt's character say, William Hurt. Or William Hurt, I'm sorry. All these Hurts, <laughs> they're related. Uh, uh, where William Hurt says, you know, dude, I got this fat pocketbook with all this money. My daddy's <laughs> left me a lot of money, and, you know, I have an idea. Yeah. And this idea would ultimately be... Like a utopia. Yeah, creating this community away mm-hmm. from horrible people. You know, there, there's these stories of, you know, my sister died before she was like 23. She was mm-hmm. raped and murdered in an alley. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's hardcore. And that's something that happens every single day. It's yeah, terrible. I know. And so these people <laughs> were just so sick of the violence and the terror. And they were all good people. And the, the their, in their minds, the only way to get away from this was to create this village. What's, what's interesting, too, is that, you know, they have this old way of speaking, mm-hmm. but the adults and the elders almost seem like they're struggling to talk this way, whereas yes. the younger kids have adopted they, the language very easily. They break character often. Yes. They break character often, and I noticed that quite a bit, and I was like, oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that was deliberate, though. Right. For sure. Yeah, just to show that they're it's like a fish out of water. Like they don't mm-hmm. they don't belong here, but they're trying really hard. It's right. like when you go to one of those those uh, places where 
it's like this community and they're churning butter and showing you how it was like in the pioneer days like <laughs> yeah and you're like yeah they're in character the entire time and you're just like trying to get a selfie with them and break their break the fourth barrier and it just doesn't happen yeah and so i really liked i, I so i like that twist and um and i thought a lot was explained in that scene with with william hurt and his wife um because it was subtle stuff. And this is what, when I like exposition. It, it's put a newspaper clipping down and it says, you know, like, um, Walker. So I can't billionaire. Was... Billionaire Walker killed and whatever. And it's just put down. It wasn't zoomed in on. It just kind of was right there. And then all these different things. Um, and, and it's subtle. And you're like, okay, treat the audience smart, right? We, we can pick that up. We understand it. If not, there's the internet. We can look it up later. Especially since... It is an M. Night Shyamalan movie. Yeah. We're, we're looking at every inch of the screen right. to try and find something right. to solve this puzzle right. before we can get to it. And so I so I really liked that, and I thought it was very effective. Now, this is what pissed me off about this movie. Dun, dun, dun. What's that, M. Night Shyamalan's cameo? M. Night Shyamalan's cameo. He's in every movie he does. I understand that, <laughs> but this served... With the talking part. <laughs> this served zero fucking purpose. <laughs> Do you know how narcissistic he He's is? He's pretty bad, dude. This, this makes me so... I mean, I may be crazy on this one. No, but, you're not. Okay. Because even in like Lady in the Water, he dude. plays a writer that writes something so amazing it changes oh, the world. God. Juke me <laughs> off underwater. Jesus Christ, man. I think man. that's so funny. It's like, dude, like, you are drinking your own get, Kool-Aid. Get off your fucking high horse. I, so... And that's like, I mean, it's funny. Well, it pisses me off because if you want to put yourself in there, be like Tarantino. I mean, Tarantino sometimes will be excessive, but he also knows his place and he doesn't want to overshadow things. And I feel like Shyamalan did that in this. So we get his newspaper, we get the over shoulder shot, and it says, Death toll is this, teenagers killed in this. Right. And, And the radio that he's listening to is literally saying what the headlines are in this newspaper. Yeah. And I'm like, Okay, we understand there is violence in this world, and this village was created for this violence. You don't need to keep beating that dead horse, right? You don't need to keep showing us that. And so, he does. And the part that I hated the most, he basically is, on top of that, he's basically explaining, oh yeah, there's a plane that flew over and we had to get away. You gotta keep this place secret, remember? It's like, dude. We get it. We, we fucking get it. And then the part that really pissed me off... The reflection? The reflection. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Dude, that's funny. The reflection. Like, like that's a big reveal. Oh, wait, wait. I couldn't tell that was M. Night Shyamalan from his three other goddamn movies before this that he put himself in. No, they have to do the reflection and, oh, there's twist number four. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, was, that made me so mad. And that, I think ruined it for me really liking this movie to just liking it is I thought that was he he completely treated the audience as weird weird morons and regardless of what he thinks I that's how I gathered it um and granted this is 2004 he's still younger um but man that was dumb and yeah and then it, it ends on a good note I'm glad that you know the ranger was or the security guard was just helping and he wanted to keep it secret um, keep it secret. Keep it secret. Keep, keep it, it safe. safe. Um, it ended very well with, you know, you didn't the have... The hope. Yep. It, absolutely. And, um... I like how Jesse Eisenberg is like, hey, she's back. She's got the medicine. <laughs> but no one, like, 
tries to get her there a little bit quicker. I know. Just, just let like, her struggle dude. on her own. <laughs> I <laughs> mean, just a sense of urgency. To count her steps, basically. The kid's got a dirty, dirty wounds. Well, Mark Zuckerberg doesn't care about anything, so... Or, I mean, Lex, Lex Luthor. <laughs> um, With his Jolly Ranchers. Oh, God. That part was weird. That was so weird. I would never stick my fingers in another guy's mouth to get a Jolly Rancher. <laughs> Not even for a watermelon one. <laughs> what, um, is, what is your favorite Jolly Rancher? Watermelon. Is it? I always or struggle with the wrapper. It's always, like, so wrapped around that son of a bitch. <laughs> The watermelon or the green apple ones? Yeah. The sour apple? Is it sour apple? It's... Or just apple? It's whatever apple I want it to be. <laughs> um, Did your face go... Mm. <laughs> I went... Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> GD jollies. Let me... So here, here was something that was weird too. Um, Did you notice when um, Mr. Walker and... Um, <laughs> It's just a Disney cartoon, Mr. Excuse me, Mr. Walker and Mr. Wheeler, and it's goofy and it's showing uh, the concept of road rage, where Mr. Walker is this happy-go-lucky fine man, mm-hmm. and then you know he wouldn't even step on a on a bug, and then when he gets in his car, he just becomes this total asshole, <laughs> just yelling to everybody. So basically, me. Yeah. Okay. Um, so when Sigourney Weaver, um, the part, there's a subtle part when. She's at the wedding of, of Kitty Pride or whatever her name is. and um, Miss Kitty, same name as in uh, Arrested Development. Oh, that's funny. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Goes to shake her hand. And, and, and he doesn't. Yeah. And you're like, okay, so there's a secret there. Right. And, and which, which Lucius pointed out because um, Ivy had told him, like, I hey, you don't... That yeah, so when, when they run, when Noah and Ivy run to the rock, you know, they have mm-hmm. a race. Mm-hmm. Um, she has a moment with Lucius. Like boy. <laughs> yeah. And she says, you know, you used to hold my hand all the time. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, one day you just stopped. And you hold me by my arm. Mm-hmm. And then one day you just stopped. And then the idea being is that he can't touch her because he's in love with her. Yeah. And like his feelings, his feelings have shifted to where he's in love and it's like the forbidden fruit must be tasted. <laughs> and, uh, and so... Uh, Lucius has that conversation with his mother, Shigoni Weaver, and he's like, you know, hey, that uh, Mr. Hurt has a real crush on you. You know, he loves you. Yeah. And she's like, why do you say that? Because he says, because he doesn't touch you. And then, so that's why she experiments at the wedding, oh. and she tries to shake his hand, oh. and he doesn't touch her. So that makes sense to me now. And then... I must have missed that. Right, so then... That's twist number five. Yes. <laughs> uh, then... <laughs> that's my barrel snakes. Crooked as a barrel snakes. And uh, <laughs> so then when he sends Ivy out into the wild, um, he comes to Shigorni Weaver and he says, hey, this mm-hmm. is all I can give you. He, yeah. Meaning that he would love t- nothing more than to give his love to her, mm-hmm. but really all he can do because he is a married man and a, and a good man yeah. that he is going to try his hardest to save her son. That's his gift. Mm-hmm. And they and I like that you know they had that tension and proximity because they're both they're both great actors but like had that tension that proximity because I mean you had that wait are they going to kiss are they are they yeah. not and and you could see that they both were struggling. I like the boom boom. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> get out of here. Oh jeez. Um, so uh, I, I thought that that was 
that that was interesting and I honestly I must have missed that part but yeah I was curious on why that that tension was there yeah. so and then I mean I feel bad for Mr. Hurt's poor wife I mean what is she chopped liver yeah he <laughs> poor, chose poor lady he chose poor lady <laughs> that's just how that boils down to oh, um but yeah, it's it's definitely interesting because this this goes back to the whole um, secrets, you know, like they, everyone has their their little their little secrets, and uh, it's tough. You figure these elders uh, left their world behind and created this other one, and they yeah. can't talk to anybody about it. It's it is they've made a, a pact, mm-hmm. you know, and there's this whole world. Their life is now in uh, a Footlocker. Basically, mm-hmm. they have this chest. And that is all they have of their their old life and their old way, mm-hmm. and uh, that's pretty nuts to think about. I I would go batshit crazy without so being able to check my phone or tweet something stupid or pooping, go on pooping in a real <laughs> toilet. <laughs> yeah, that's just uh, that's too much. I couldn't do it. I would crack. Yeah. And that really says a lot about their their character. The the lengths that they would go, changing their their entire lives and their their future and their their kids. Mm-hmm. And um, just for the idea of creating this world, which is also kind of weird, too, because this is a whole nother discussion, but Mm -hmm. um, it's one of those things where every parent has the right to raise their child the way they see fit, Mm -hmm. right? That's the world that we live in. Unless you're an anti-vaxxer. Sure. Yeah. yeah, I have a real problem with that. Yeah. I call them (laughs) no-vaxxers. Fuckers. God damn it. Anyways, go ahead. It's just one of those things where it's like... It's almost punishing to an extent. You know, there's there's been books that are written about, you know, is is pushing religion on your children a form of child abuse? You know, like instilling this fear of mm-hmm. God into these children. Like, hey, if you don't do this, you're a sinner, you're going to hell, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it's a very extreme way to go about raising your children. Right. Of course, I can't judge you. You know, you do what you got to do with your kids, but... In the same sense with this movie where they literally uprooted their lives. These kids were born into this world and that's all they know. Yeah. And uh, that's that's kind of crazy to deny these their kids this wonderful world that exists. Sure, there's horrors out there. They're everywhere. There's, there's always going to be suffering. There's always going to be pain. You can't avoid that. They even have death yeah. in their village. They tried to protect themselves from this sort of thing. And, and it's everywhere. There's there's no way to avoid it. And that's what Brendan Gleeson says. He says, you know, like, let her go. Let, let Ivy go do it. Because he's like, I, you know, um, I lost my brother out in the real world or whatever. And I've lost my son here or something like that. So death is everywhere. It's everywhere. Right? It's, it's not... That's a Depeche Mode skin. line. <laughs> oh. Death is everywhere. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Goddamn right it is. <laughs> Fucking Depeche Mode. Um... <laughs> But, uh, no, no, I completely agree with you. And I think that, like you said, for a lot of different religions, um, I think there's a religious aspect in this film for, for them, uh, the Quakers. And um, <laughs> I think it's, it's, it definitely um, it has that kind of symbolism in it. Um, but, yeah. You know, that, so you mentioned pilgrims at the beginning of this mm-hmm. podcast. And they were some hardcore Bible-thumping sons of bitches. Mm-hmm. And... We don't really get that sense in this movie. Um, no. I mean, there is sort of a Sunday school um, setting when they're talking about uh, Lord Voldemort and Mm -hmm. how you can't, you know, what what you do with this color when you Mm -hmm. see it and what's bad. And and I I feel like it's sort of this uh, universal 
red schoolhouse kind of thing. And mm-hmm. it's not really red because that's a bad color, but right. the idea being that there's these kids that go and it is the elders that are teaching them these things. Mm-hmm. And uh, they are literally molding and shaping these kids to their will. It's right. pretty nuts. It is nuts. Um, I mean, this is just... We can deep dive into this movie all day long and it gets more and more fascinating the more that we do. <laughs> I know. And, 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 and to, to Shalon's credit, I think that's what, what you need is you need something to that's provocative and that people can, can talk about. So sexual and violent. <laughs> Manja. Give the people what they want. Um, so I, I want to talk about, though, a couple things that uh, I, I didn't like about this movie. And, and I want to theorize why people hated this movie. And, and I talked about it earlier, too, with the misleading trailer. Um, so, Shyamalan, during, and I saw this from, a, I read this on IMDb, I think, um, Shyamalan, during a press conference for something, um, he <laughs> was, one of his, one of his, one twist, of those things, one of those twisty movies, um, <laughs> he was saying that his biggest regret in film so far has been the misleading, uh, advertising for The Village, and he would do it over again, um, and he and that's fair. That's that's good to own up to your mistakes because I think that he pitched it as a horror film or a thriller at the very least, and we did not get that. And I think that's why so many people were up in arms about it. Um, I felt the same way when I saw um, It Comes at Night. Oh god, I fucking hated, I hated that, that movie. movie. I hated <laughs> that movie. Holy so, shit, it was so bad. Yeah, and and, and I love A twenty four. I love that they take risks and and all those things. But man. Like that one, that one pissed me off. Joel, Joel Edgerton was fantastic. He's, he's a badass. I he, love that man. He, he is such a good actor. Um, but it, it, it just it felt. Like, <laughs> oh man, don't make me cry. Warriors, so I know. Good. It, um, so it, it it felt like I opened a book right in the middle of it and then closed it like very abruptly. Yeah. And that movie was just so garbage, shitty. so and, bad. And so Shyamalan, I don't think he was that in this, but I think it was misleading. And so I could see why people would be, you know, up in arms about it. And and to that sense, I'd be I'd be upset too. That's like fire festival, bro. That's like yeah. that's, that's like Ja Rule, Ja Rule, ja Rule straight up saying, you know, that's not fraud. That's false advertising. Oh my god! Like every thug needs a lady. <laughs> um, I used to do a Ja Rule voice, but I can't do it anymore. Monica, <laughs> do a fast, do a furious, do a fast, do a furious. <laughs> Too fast for y'all. Oh, that's ludicrous. <laughs> yeah. That's um, okay. And so, I mean, and so I, I understand why the trailer was that. One thing I also really didn't like is why did Noah have to die? Why was it, like, Noah that had to die? Did he do anything other than he, him stabbing Joaquin, which you could argue he didn't fully comprehend what he was doing or, or I mean, he knew it was wrong. He knew it was wrong. He just let but, his emotions overtake him. But then they... They kill him off? I, I just... Um, I think that goes back to um, no one is saying... You can't escape death. Um, he was locked in a room for his safety. Yeah. Um, he was supposed to be, um, we'll just say prisoner for lack of a better word. Yeah. Um, but he still got out and he still died. And apparently he was responsible for the skinning of the animals. Yes, and stuff like that, that was what it was alluded to because none of the yeah. elders knew what was going on. Yeah. And, um, he, he's the only one that they really showed with a knife. Yeah. And he, and he was always really, like, excited about the idea of the monsters coming. You know, he, when every time he heard a sound, he was like, you know, gaga for a 
cuckoo for cocoa puffs, basically. <laughs> and um, I like cocoa puffs. I think that is why uh, he ultimately perished was because uh, just the idea that no one is mm-hmm. safe. Yeah, he can't protect. Yeah. can't protect you. He could try, but it's not going to work. His death scene was pretty sad, too. Yes, because he was scared. He was alone. I know. Um, that is very bad. painful. I, it's, and, that, and that part just kind of took me out of it because I was... I just was kind of upset with that. I, I don't have a better solution, necessarily, because I really did like how it was a reveal of, you know, oh, there's this monster. Again, going back to what I said earlier, though, I think it would have been way stronger if it would have been... If they had hidden the farce from us and then explained it after... Um, we found out it was Noah because I think that that would have been like holy shit whoa so that that kind of bugged me um, but yeah I mean is there anything else that you couldn't that you didn't really like about the movie or they could have maybe done different that would have had a better effect um, I don't I don't think so I do wish that uh, the color was a or the the magnitude of the color red was explained a little bit more. Well, and I think you can leave that up for interpretation. I, I agree. I just red for being, me being just so yeah. red being evil and red being uh, violent, like different different but iterations see, of that. Which is interesting because, like, when I think of like a red rose, I think of that as love. But it's a very intense thing. So red is red is a very intense color, and and you think of love or passion or. Right fire or the devil or things like that so it, it's very extreme whereas right. yellow is cautionary calm relaxing yeah. uh what's the word um like tra- tranquil tranquil yeah um but it's also very peaceful it's, it's peaceful and it's it's very um willing like you know right those are just interesting color choices too because mm-hmm. in literature black tends to be the, Black's the, the usually, creepy color actually, black's usually evil, <laughs> the death but, and evil i mean we could, we could look it up really quick too what uh, the color meanings are but um but yeah i i, I think you're right I, I wish there was a little more explanation on it but i i like how it was left for our own interpretation right um, i just feel like it's such a um you know a weird variable that it could mean anything. I mean, it could have just been any color, but I, I get it. <laughs> he threw it at a dartboard. Yeah. <laughs> Red is a color of fire and blood, so it's associated with energy, war, danger, strength, power, determination, as well as passion, desire, and love. Yeah. Red so is a very cool. emotional, intense color. It enhances human metabolism, increases respiration rate, and raises blood pressure. That's from ColorWheelPro.com. And bulls like to stab it with their horns. <laughs> That's actually a myth. Did you know that? <laughs> I didn't. They don't... They're not... Um, let on by but I hate, I very much am anti-bullfighting. I think it's the worst thing in the world. I think it's stupid. Yeah. Uh, yellow. Yellow is stands for freshness, happiness, positivity, clarity, energy, optimism, enlightenment, remembrance, intellect, honor, loyalty, and bananas. <laughs> I made up that last part. But that's from borncreative.com. Always money in the banana stand. There's always money in the banana stand, kitty. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Ultimately, I think that's that's why people just didn't like it. I think that it was very misleading, and they felt cheated in a certain sense. This is definitely not his worst movie. Um, it's not even a bad movie. I think it's... I, I liked this movie. I right. think The Village is good. Um, nope, you heard it here first. You heard it here first. <laughs> Signed, sealed, delivered. You know what we need? After 15 we, long years. We need to do, we need to do one, of them, uh, one of them Instagram videos, and like... What was that old commercial where the guy's typing on a typewriter, and it spins around him, and he... Throws the paper back in the air. 
You know what I'm talking about? I'm gonna find that. I don't watch TV. No, it's from like it's from it's from your time, like the 1960s or whatever. <laughs> we didn't have TV back then. Um, we had to draw out what we wanted to watch. <laughs> it was terrible. Draw what you want in finger in finger paints. And I have bad drawing skills. Even my my stick figures look like they have scoliosis. I am not the artiste. Um, fuck, I can't find it. I don't know. Whatever. You just type it in the internet. I literally just type <laughs> typewriter guy throws paper movie. You know what's funny is if you know you were talking about my uh, my 1960s Batman action that I have over here. Yeah. And when you watch that and you just see Batman talk to the the Bat computer mm-hmm. where he just types in like the the Riddler's riddles and then figures it out. Mm-hmm. Um, he basically has a Google machine. <laughs> really? You know, this is 1960s. We're like, hey, let's just type it into the computer and it'll come up with the answer. And we do that today. And I think yeah. that is so absurd. I found it. God, I love the internet so much. Dude, what would we have done if I, we didn't have the internet? We, we, would, have like, we would have the village. We, we'd, we'd go. <laughs> we'd be pilgrims. Brother, brother Cavender. <laughs> um, we'd have to look at Encyclopedia Britannica. Oh, something. man. We had those. So, just watch really quick. Oh, my God. So, it's a gentleman. The Tom Selleck? It's Stephen J. Cannell? And it's his production logo. He types. Oh, yeah. Paper, and throw. yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Fascinating. <laughs> Except for ours. We're gonna, I'm going to be uh, eating or cooking up some food and I'm going to throw a rice patty at you. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to catch it. I'll eat it. I don't eat rice patties. Sorry. I eat veggie, veggie patties you eat veggie with rice. rice. <laughs> <laughs> a little tapatio on there, some green onion. No. Uh, I, I, I don't eat a lot of sustenance. And now I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. I don't, um, eat, I don't eat meat, so like I gotta have the veggie patties. <laughs> I'm an animal lover. Uh, one of those. Justin, what do you what do you think about signs? Signs? I love signs. Okay. So you asked me my rankings. What are your rankings? Uh, the exact same order. No oh, joke. Okay. Uh, I would say, um, Six Sense, Signs, The Village, Unbreakable. Yeah. And then everything else. Cool. I'm glad you like The Village then. Yeah, I, I was I was blown away. It's it's so funny because, um. I knew what I was getting myself into, but at the same time, I didn't watch the trailer beforehand. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd seen the trailer. Mm-hmm. I remembered the negative buzz. I remember everyone being so over it at this point in their lives when it released in 2004. Yeah. Um, and I just, I never got a chance to see it, which is weird because I had seen all his other films, yeah. um, you know, in order, in the theater, on opening day. Mm-hmm. So this was the first one that I avoided. And then when I avoided it, um, I never missed another one. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of crazy. And I don't know why I never got around to watching it. I think it's one of those things where I literally let everyone else's opinion um, like decide for me. Yeah. yeah. Which you That's should never do. Yeah. Always just just be your best self. <laughs> With that being said, don't go see Glass. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you need a cure for insomnia. <laughs> Unless you want to see Shyamalan in a fucking reflection or something like he's, that. He's again. in it. He's in it as well. Oh, he God, um, of course he's he a is. he's a customer at this at the security store that Bruce Willis and does owns. and does he say, oh yeah, I want this pack of gum and plus these guys are superheroes and they're gonna fight to death yeah. if you didn't already pay attention. Pretty to that. much. Uh, yeah, no, he's a he's a character, man. Exposition. I sat down. He one year at Comic Con, he was at um, the Nerd HQ, and I sat down and listened to him do an interview. And uh, I I don't even I wasn't even paying attention. It was so weird. 
I was I was I waited for him to get there and then he starts talking and I just tuned out. I don't even know what I was Did thinking you fall about. <laughs> it's terrible because I I, like, I mean his his spot was coming up so it's not like I waited long I waited like maybe yeah. ten minutes and it was just in the shade so it was just time to relax and just kind of hang out for a second and then he starts talking and I literally just zoned out. <laughs> <laughs> I was like I was like oh my god I just fucking threw up I was so bored I don't know. <laughs> That's terrible, right? That's so bad. And here's the thing. So, okay, so I did get my degree in film. And I am a sucker for movies. And I loved the idea of this new kid on the block that was just sort of shaking things up in the film industry. You know, the old school film model was was gone. Mm. Um, It was time for this new era of filmmakers. And, you know, I would say that at least it became noticeable with, um, like, Pulp Fiction. You know, it was a completely different movie. There, there have always been amazing movies, but Pulp Fiction was just different. And then that sparked this whole era of, how do we make a different movie? Let's just be weird. Let's have these, you know, non-linear motion picture shows that make people think and blah, blah, blah. And a lot of them were, were just misses, you know, swinging a miss. But Sixth Sense was so crazy, and, and I... There's all these clues throughout the whole goddamn movie <laughs> that Bruce Willis, spoiler alert, is dead, right? And then when you... What? <laughs> yeah, he's gone. Fucking, that new kid on the block shoots him in the fucking <laughs> stomach. Donnie. <laughs> the bad boy. He really was bad, you know? He was a bad boy. Yeah, just hanging tough. He was oh so good. Yeah. Uh, you know, the... Uh, what's her name? Tony Collette? Tony Collette, yeah. Yeah, her and Bruce Willis never say anything to each other, you know? They're, yeah. always, they're in the same room a couple of times, and, but they never... Same with his wife. Yeah, too. that's so crazy. And, and but that's that was really really awesome, and he has hints of that in the village. Right, it, there, it, it's worth a rewatch. I agree. There's a especially after after listening to this podcast, um, you know, pop in uh, the Netflix there <laughs> and stream this shit, and just you know watch it with a fresh set of eyes. It's so crazy because yeah. it, it really is a special movie. I'm not saying you have to like it. There's just a, a ton of elements mm-hmm. in there that make for a, a recipe for success. Absolutely. I 100% agree. So. Got any recommendations for any, uh, any movies, well, one that we could do for next episode? Or what recommendations of movies that like the general public should watch not called Glass? Are you asking me? Yeah. Or our listeners? Um, I don't know, man. I'm asking you. And then uh, let's get some uh, advice from the the listeners. We'll always take any type of um, suggestions on movies we could do. Um, I guess I'll just start it out since I asked you, (laughs) Justin. Um, I just watched Hearts Beat Loud with Nick Offerman and Tony Collette's in it also. Um, Fantastic. Uh, Not the best movie I've ever seen, but man, it's just a feel-good movie short they filmed it in like 19 days uh awesome soundtrack please go check it out it's on hulu for free um black Klansman. i also watched that uh very very relevant movie now it is up for best picture at the oscars so it's definitely worth it uh spike lee has made i don't know if it's quite a masterpiece but spike lee has made a very very good film um yeah i watched bumblebee yesterday how was it Fucking awesome, really? dude. It was so, so, so good. I'm so elated to hear that because I, I know that you, like, Randy and Dave, they, they liked it. Well, did Randy see it or did they? Randy, Randy has not, but okay, I so will Dave, say Dave that... Dave really liked it, right? Yes, he yeah. did. And, and after watching the movie, as I'm watching it, it is literally the soundtrack to Randy's life. <laughs> so, so 
as as you listen to this, just know that um, you know I host another podcast. It's called the Geek Legacy Podcast, and it's a weekly show. It's fantastic, and uh, the three of us. It's it's myself, uh, Justin Cavender, uh, David Edmondson, and Randy Van Dyke, and we have been best friends forever. We all know what each other look like naked. It's amazing, and penis, <laughs> and. And no joke, as I'm watching this movie, I just can't stop laughing and smiling because I'm like, motherfucker, this is this movie is the soundtrack to Randy Van Dyke, and it was just amazing, uh, just soaked with '80s. Um, yeah. I mean, it's literally a period piece in in the <laughs> '80s. And as a child that grew up in the '80s, it is just amazing. I'm hearing music from The Smiths, from Depeche Mode, Ooh. all my favorite bands, and I'm just eating this shit up. Even. Even Howard Jones, the that one song that goes whoa 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 whoa. Are you familiar with that at all? Oh uh, yes. So you would know yeah. if you heard it. No, 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 I don't. I don't, I don't sound about. like him. <laughs> I'm like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of those tone deaf <laughs> kind of guys. But oh my god, it you was sounded like Celine Dion right yeah, there. <laughs> just just a combination of Fergie and Jesus. <laughs> And so I've, I've had a headache for a month and a half, and uh, <laughs> the acoustics in the room are all off. <laughs> but uh, it was so good; it was just absolutely delightful, and it was just a breath of fresh air. It is one hundred percent a reboot of the Transformers universe. So, um, whether you like those movies or not, just know that you can go into Bumblebee, uh, starting from ground zero. And just just enjoy the ride. It is absolutely delightful. That's good because I have not seen it yet. At this point, I feel like I want to wait until it comes out, just because I'm. Eh, I don't know. Same with Aquaman. I haven't seen Aquaman either, but I've heard good things about both. There's so. a deal on HD movie codes where you get both for like twenty bucks. I do like that one. <laughs> so good. We need to get them to sponsor the show. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> HDMovieCodes.com. Ever since I got my 4K TV, I've just been, like, addicted to 4K. I'm, like, jonesing for the next, like, tweaking with the picture settings and stuff like that, like, yeah. Googling stuff. And, um, oh, man, love it. Love me some 4K. I don't I don't wear glasses, but if I did, I feel like I'd see things in, like, 8K. <laughs> no, man. No. That's eight. That's, that's, that's four times as many seven, Ks. Seven minute abs. It's got to be seven minute abs. Yeah. Six is, no one has six. What kind of workout are you going to get in six minutes? <laughs> I was just taking a piss. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's a good one. I love that movie. I haven't seen it in a long time. Oh, man. There's uh, something about Mary. What about something um, kind of intense yeah, this and is, controversial? This is your turn to recommend. Cause I feel is like it I, really? Yeah, I feel like I've recommended the last two. I wanted to do, at some point, um, we need to watch another Joe Quinn, Commodus, Phoenix, and I wanted to watch her. Oh, um, yeah. But, so, we can save that one, and I think we need to do one of yours, so... Shit. I think you were talking about Little House on the Prairie. Right? <laughs> the entire series. The Village Part 2? <laughs> the beginning or something? Um, I don't know. I'll have to put some thought on that. Because I, I know that there are, um, you know, something like like District 9 Dude, or... I fucking love District 9. Um, the Island. Something Ooh. something that I know that uh, rubbed people the wrong way. Yeah. I. Yeah. Actually... So I don't I, I wouldn't want to do District Nine because I mean I, I love that movie and I think that it wouldn't be it wouldn't be the best because I don't think we're, we're crazy in that sense. But the island I haven't seen in a long time and I don't remember 
pretty much anything about that. <laughs> I don't think anybody even saw it, so it might not even be a good one to do. <laughs> I was the only one. My friend, my friend Monaco and I saw it. I didn't know Monaco. Yeah, um, yeah we saw them in theaters. He's he's the man. Eh. Monaco's the man. He's a guy. He plays nothing but Halo games. Yeah, that's true. Doesn't uh, matter what game came out. If it doesn't have Master Chief, he's not interested. <laughs> I still want to do Deep Blue Sea also. Oh, yeah. That's a fun one. I like yeah. that movie. I love Shark Man. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. And I feel like it's going to be really cheesy. I like the part where Michael Rappaport is just going on about the structural integrity of the of the, the sea vessel place. He's like, well, the fences are, you know, nine meters tall and... They're going to buckle under 72,000 tons of pressure. Mm. He's got this abacus and he's doing the math. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty sweet. Got to crunch them numbers. <laughs> in a movie about sharks. Yeah. And LL Cool J's in it. Deepest Blue is his head like a shark, shark's fan. Have you seen um, Any Given Sunday? I love that movie. With Willie Bean. I and... love that movie. Keep the ladies cream. So that... <laughs> yeah. That's a... So, Super Bowl... Uh, just for a frame of reference, when this was recorded, is uh, a mere week away. Oh, I'm so excited to watch the Rams <laughs> and the Patriots. Oh my gosh. All your favorite non-Seattle oh, teams. Wow. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh man. And, uh, so anyway, the just the politics that is involved in uh, professional football. Mm-hmm. Um, something you know what's interesting about the Rams, too, is that... Um, Cameron Diaz's character mm-hmm. is based off of the woman that uh, owned the Rams when they left L.A. and went on to, to St. Louis. Louis. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I did not know that. And what's even more interesting is that she was just a savvy businesswoman, mm-hmm. and in a man's world, mm-hmm. in quotes, um, and you know they're dropping you know the c word on her and calling her a, a biatch and. Just all these horrible things because she is. Maybe I didn't spell that right. <laughs> I got a, I got a C minus in spelling, and uh, it's just uh, interesting how, in in a man's world, how a woman can come off as threatening and ignorant and just horrible because they feel so threatened. It's that toxic masculinity, man. Yes, fragile. It's the yes, same, same people who got pissed off at the Gillette commercial for... I know, right? Yeah. If you're that asshole throwing away your razors, then you're probably the same son of a bitch yep. you're talking about in yep. this commercial. Exactly. No, I thought that, a no-brainer I, there. I thought that commercial was great. Yeah. They called us out and they doubled down on their own uh, their own slogan, yeah. basically. So. Is this really the best that you can be? What is it? Is it? Is it? Are we really the best a man can get? That's it. Yeah. yeah. So. You know what's interesting about razors <laughs> is... I just buy what's cheapest. There are times when I'll buy like a 10-pack of the pink razors just mm. because it's a better deal. I just have a beard, I have a beard trimmer. I just shave my facial hair. I don't... Oh, man. See, I'm Armenian. You shave your facial hair and your pubes at the same <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah, I pull them all out and I name them. Henry. It's a key to baseball. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the three C's. Or the three R's. Yeah. Three R's. Readiness, recuperation, yeah. and none of them doesn't even start with an R. <laughs> Hot, Hot ice. ice. <laughs> I heat up ice cubes. It's brilliant. Oh, that's so great. Daniel Stern, he's a treasure. Man. Oh, oh, have you seen Bushwhacked? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's yeah. an awesome one. Like, like 1994. I like when, yeah, I like when the the, uh, the kid, he's like, it's easy, you just hammer it in there, and then you belay yourself <laughs> off the ledge. He goes, I belay myself off the ledge. <laughs> Gets me every freaking time. Oh, man. Did you see City Slickers? 
A long time ago. Oh, yeah. There's this one part where Daniel Stern is yelling at his wife. Mm-hmm. And he's he, every time he goes to a function, he just pretends to be asleep so he doesn't have to deal with his wife. And then finds out that he's cheating on her. And she's yelling and screaming. She's like, I hate you. He's like, I hate you more. <laughs> if hate were people, I'd be China. <laughs> That's a lot. It's a lot of billions of hate. That's a lot of red. Don't don't be that way. We we love people on this show. We do. We love all of you. Yeah. So. Um, but as for movie choices, I'm gonna have to put a pin in that because okay. I don't really know. Cool. Um, but I will come up with a good one. Rest assured. Fair enough, man. Cool, man. Well, that was a a fun and festive show. Thank you for allowing me the opportunity to really enjoy a movie that most people can't stand. <laughs> I know, right? I felt, felt kind of good. Yeah. I'm very cathartic. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, uh, not, not all bad. <laughs> <laughs> but Shyamalan, he's, he's going places. <laughs> he's going places. He's going places. to the value bin, but yeah. Yeah. Let's go, baby. Solid gold. But uh, thank you for listening to the Don't Be Crazy podcast. Remember to follow us on Twitter at dbcrazypod. Uh, you can follow um, Zach at, at ZachDale60. And I am at EdgyArmo, because I'm that Armenian type. 82. Yeah, <laughs> 82. <laughs> Coach would have put me in that knowing little one state. In the doubt of my mind. Uh, but there, you, know, you can share your thoughts with us. Uh, we'll discuss them on our show. Happy to read your, your tweets. Um, I know that um, people are, are really getting the buzz and excited about our show, especially Big Trouble in Little China. There's, uh, there's this underground following of, of Big Trouble in Little China fans. <laughs> L for love. <laughs> um, you know what? And you can even tell us what movie you think we should watch for our next episode. Uh, happy to indulge the audience. Uh, just please don't be crazy. Thank you so much. Bye.